Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, house, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the X Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and um, here we are back in our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, send me an email, you know, all you have to do is just go to studio at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, xzoneradiotv, and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Millions of videos are uploaded onto the internet every day, whether it be through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know, and the other sites. Some of the videos are innocent and funny, while others are actually capturing a crime taking place. These videos show bystanders filming the crime instead of helping the victim or alerting police. They feel it as if they are so detached that it doesn't call on them to empathize with the victim, even... You know, not even calling the police or getting in there and helping. Instead, they film and quickly upload it onto social media to tally how many likes, hits, or shares it gets. Well, my guest this hour is Niall Nickel. He's been seen on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, and CNN. He's an expert on social media, technology, and human relations. He's the president and CEO of Balance Engines, LLC, and Small Change, LLC. He is a science, technology, and social media reporter. He's a LinkedIn expert, and he's an authority on how to utilize LinkedIn to build your brand, your business, and your connections. And uh, his website is www.balanceengines.com. And Niall, first of all, welcome back to the X-Zone. And what is, you know, what's going on with social media these days? It seems that, you know, it's even worse than mainstream media and that there's more gruesome stuff and more stuff that's being pumped up onto the social media sites each and every day, especially in this election time. Uh, it's so true, you know, but one of the things that we know is citizen journalism has always been a big thing. Uh, obviously, you know, the Kennedy assassination in the U.S. is one of those examples. The only record we have is 
some citizen uh, film that yeah. was uh, captured, the, 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 the Pruter film. So uh, this has been going on for a while, but right now what has changed so dramatically is we all walk around with a phone in our pocket, and that phone has a camera in it. And so whenever anything happens now, the first thing people do is they pull out the camera. And uh, when that happens, everybody's filming and mm-hmm. nobody's helping. It turns out there's an effect that's called the bystander effect. It's been documented for years, and it, it you know, when something's happening, people really don't know what to do. It might sound crazy, but until somebody takes that first action, mm-hmm. everybody sits on the sidelines. And today we have an excuse. We pull out that camera. You know, I've I've often wondered when I've when I've seen some of these videos on the social media sites, what about the person's right who is in that video who doesn't want to be videoed? Well, you know, one of the things, and this obviously varies based on locale, mm-hmm. but when you're in a, a public spot, uh, which is just about anything outside, and I truly mean this, outside of a bedroom or a bathroom. Uh, it's been determined that you don't have much right to privacy. Uh, you know, you're in a public spot mm. and you could be filmed. Uh, we're starting to see this with drones, for example. You yeah. know, drones could fly overhead. They could film you in your backyard, and people have taken to trying to down the drones and find out that there's legal consequences to that. If you're out in public, you could be videotaped, like it or not. So, you know, I understand that concern. But uh, certainly that one's one that, uh, at least according to the courts, you really don't have a right to anymore. Niall, stand by. You and I have to take our first break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exxon Nation. Social media dehumanizes society. And we're talking to Niall Nickel this hour. He is a human relations and technology expert. His website is www.balanceengines.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Here in our studios from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't forget, you can find out who's on the Exxon Broadcast Network simply by going to www.xzbn.net. Niall, Nicola, and I return. Don't go away. Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. 
Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. ExoNation, Niall Nicholas, our special guest this hour, www.balanceengines.com. You know, we were talking before we went to the break, Niall, about the, um, you know, the, the only places that are basically private are your bedrooms and your washrooms. And yet these very same people who love taking videos of everyone else, doing everything else, and fight for their right to do these videos, post them on all the social medias, a majority of these people who say that Big Brother is watching us and they don't have the right to do that. You know, it's fascinating uh, how uh, whether you're you're filming or being filmed mm-hmm. could change your thoughts and feelings about that. Uh, you know, there's no doubt uh, about that. As a matter of fact, we've obviously just had a, a major issue in the U.S. elections where a video recording, I'm sorry, an audio recording, right came out of Donald Trump that uh, he probably wishes didn't exist. Uh, how did that happen? How did it come about? Certainly he's not happy about it, but whoever had it certainly happy about it. So you see these things time and time again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have big consequences. Well, especially since Billy Bush is Jeb Bush's nephew, that may have had something to do with it, plus the fact that there was never a... Um, a release signed by Donald Trump. The recording was done without his knowledge. He didn't know the microphone. Well, yeah, I think the worst part about it was mm-hmm. uh, the, the laws in the U.S., uh, regardless of where you're at, says at least one party has to know of the recording. Yeah. In that situation, it sounds like neither party knew that they were being recorded. Clearly an illegal act, but yeah. obviously somebody got away with it. At least they have so far. Uh, it was, it was, it's very interesting to watch all the different um, media clips that are going up on the social media sites for and against each of the candidates. Um, so, over the years, how have you seen the changes in social media, and is it getting worse, is it getting better, or can we expect more of the same? Well, I think we're going to expect more of the same for a period of time, and social media is a new medium. Uh, And quite honestly, whenever we've got some sort of new medium that we're not quite sure what the rules are because nobody's told us, Mm -hmm. in some cases they haven't been developed yet, we don't know quite how to handle it. And when we don't know how to handle it, uh, we typically don't handle it very well, at least as far as history goes. So we've got this new social media thing. We've got uh, newsrooms that are clearing out. They're now using citizen journalists Mm -hmm. to to generate the news for them. In fact, most big news-breaking events happen from social media-generated content today versus uh, somebody in a newsroom breaking it. So you're starting to see a reward system. Uh, We've got a system where rules haven't been established. We don't know what the social norms are. And uh, so you've got a little bit of the Wild West going on, and the Wild West is now in our palms on our smartphone devices or laptops, and it's called social media. Should these 
social media venues be allowed to continue without rules and regulations? Well, I think as we start to see some some of the uh, more heinous, and I, I that's the best term for it, events mm-hmm. occur, I think we're going to start to see some rules develop. Uh, and once uh, the rules are propagated, people really know and understand the rules, hey, maybe it'll be a little bit better. Uh, you know, at least it won't get in the mainstream. You'll still have people posting in places uh, where, uh, where it might be consumed, but uh, certainly not the mainstream. You'd think that we would have learned when it comes to social media that there should be rules and regulations implemented by the amount of cyberbullying that is still being perpetrated on the social media sites. And it seems that nobody is doing anything about it. Yeah, and, you know, right now I know if, uh, if you have a, an issue of, of um, being cyberbullied, and you call your local law enforcement, whatever that might be in your mm-hmm. locale, in many cases, they don't know what to do about it. They don't, have, um, they don't have officers that are responsible to investigate. They don't know how to investigate. And in cases like that, and I know this because I've been contacted for this, um, they try to bring in outside experts to say, okay, how do we find this? Where yeah. do we go? You know, how do we find out who these people are? Are they real? Uh, is John Smith on uh, the social media site real John Smith, or is it Mary Thompson? So, you know, they're, they're right now struggling, and when I say they, law enforcement, to be able to help with cyberbullying. And when we've got that situation that's occurring, obviously it doesn't give uh, people that are victims of that very much confidence in, uh, in that getting resolved. And then you've got the social media aspect that is being used by terror organizations like ISIS. Social media is one of the main avenues of communication for not only terrorists, but a lot of criminal organizations. Um, because they could post triggers in pictures. They could actually embed uh, textual information in pictures. And mm-hmm. if they know that the picture is going to go up and it's going to have a message in it, that they pull down and decrypt the message, they're able to pass messages in plain sight. And it's it's really scary what you could do and what is being done on social media these days. What do you think the, the biggest problem is uh, with social media, and how does it dehumanize society? Well, you know, when we sit behind a keyboard... Mm-hmm. And we don't have any visual cues or auditory cues. Um, it's real easy to say things or do things that are really very inhumane. And the interesting thing is, is sometimes, and this certainly isn't a defense, but we don't think about it because we don't see it as a human action. We're talking to a keyboard. We're expressing our thoughts. We're just venting to... Uh, you know, a computer screen and a keyboard. What we fail to realize is there's somebody else on the other end of that. And when they read the messages, uh, they could really become very hurtful. And we've seen so many cases where something was done online, uh, and whether it was accidentally, whether it was just a cavalier attitude, whatever Mm -hmm. it may have been, they take some action, and all of a sudden it translates into the real world and now you've got physical actions following some sort of cyber conversation or argument or battle that went on. Do you think that the the social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the rest of them should be taking more responsibility and doing more to make sure that this doesn't happen? I do. Uh you know, when you think about, let's just talk about Facebook, for example. Mm-hmm. Facebook was developed by a college student to be able to uh, allow other college students to connect, find out what was happening, and, and just become more in tune with each other. Well, certainly it's involved into something much bigger that, than that, um, where just the ad revenue alone, which is their primary revenue today, is in the billions of dollars a quarter. 
And when you've got revenue like that now and you've got the number of people on the site uh, in such a wide uh, range of, of activities and ages and cultures and everything else, you now, I think, take on a responsibility you have to to, to be responsible for the content that's there to manage it and all of that. So back when uh, Facebook started, clearly the way they started, it was very appropriate. What they've grown into, I think they've grown into uh, sort of to steal a movie from a Marvel comic, uh, you know, Spider-Man, yeah. with power comes responsibility. They've got a lot of power today, and with that power has come a lot of responsibility, and I think they have to own up to that responsibility. Exonation Niall Nickel is our guest this hour, balanceengines.com. With all this money that, that they are making, have they gotten too big too fast? I don't think there's any question about that. Um, they are clearly dealing with problems and issues um, and, and people that are manipulating the site that they had never foreseen They'd never contemplated, and there's not a roadmap for it. Nobody knew this was going to happen. It wasn't going to evolve like this. So they are forced into the position of playing catch-up quickly. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, you've seen a number of instances where there have been cyber bullying issues, maybe even some suicides as a result of some of the cyber bullying that has went on. They've tried to react to those situations, and... What they're trying to do right now is they're trying to use more, some of what we started talking about earlier in the, in the show, they're trying to get more citizens, more users of the site to be able to notice things and when they notice them, report them so that they can take action. I think they've also got the ability today to be able to use some artificial intelligence programs mm -hmm. uh, to be able to monitor some of the things and at least bring them to the attention of internal moderators that might be able to take some action on that. So basically have the, have the social media sites police themselves. Yeah, that's certainly going to have to be part of what mm -hmm. they do. Right now they count on users to help them in their policing efforts. They're certainly going to have to grow into something bigger than what they're sure. doing today because what they're doing today really could cause a lot of damage before somebody reports it. Do you think the government should get involved and start regulating the, uh, the, the social media sites? You know, that's a double-edged sword. Yep. One part of me wants to say, yeah, you know, it probably is, is necessary and required. But every time I see government stick their, their noses into something like that, they tend to go overboard in one direction or the other, and it tends to cause sometimes more problems than it actually solves. And so... You know, do we all want to see the problem solved? Absolutely. Does it require more regulation? Yeah, I'm nervous about that. Um, I think when we start talking about the potential of regulation, I think now the sites start to get a lot more interest in some of the self-policing that they need to do. Hmm. You know, I've noticed a lot of the social media sites have got pro and con Hillary and Trump. And I'm just wondering, how much influence do social media sites have on the people who actually have the power to vote these people as president? Or, you know, where do, where do you draw the line? That is a scary issue. Uh, I don't know if you followed this, but uh, a few years ago, there was a social experiment conducted by Facebook. Um, it was it was Facebook scientists that did it. They actually published the results. But what they found is they were able to change the attitudes of people, um, either in a positive way or a negative way, based on what they put in their news feed. Mm. And so they found that they could manipulate the feelings and emotions of people based on news feed content. And if they wanted to feed a certain amount of content a certain way, yeah. they could influence how somebody was going to react to it. All right, stand by, Niall. You and I have to take a break. ExoNation, Niall Nickel is our special guest, www.balanceengines.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue this interesting conversation into the social media. And uh, who knows what else we'll get into. 
This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Exonation Nile Nickel is my guest, uh, www.balanceengines.com, and he is also the host of the podcast show, The Social Media Business Hour. We were talking before we went to the break about um, how the internet or how social media can actually affect the outcome of given events, and you were describing how a social media 
experiment was run and how scientists have found out that, yes, what goes into a news feed can certainly affect the outcome of something. Here you are. You're coming into an uh, election next month. What is it, November the 8th, I believe? I believe that's correct. And you have all this information coming out on the social media sites about Donald Trump, about Hillary Clinton. Uh, He says, she says, she says, he says. How does a voter who is addicted, and I know people who are addicted to Facebook, how how do they rationalize what is fact and what is fiction? Well, you know, that's a good question, because one of the challenges that uh, that anybody that's on social media faces is, you know, is this is this true or not? And the second thing is, is how recent is this story? Um, you'll find a lot of stories that are recycled on social media, and sometimes they come out and they will inflame a situation like this just occurred when it, in fact, occurred two years ago. Um but as we talked about, they did a social experiment, and they found out that they can manipulate how you think or feel. They have a motivation to do that for the ad revenue. But the question, uh, I think, is there, uh, and that is, is, you know, what happens if they decide that they want to try to influence the election? They determine very quickly if a voter is a likely Republican or a Democrat and how they are likely to vote they could fill your news feed one way or another and try to sway you. So basically, we're, we're talking about social media. Um, oh, my gosh, I just had the word here. Hold on here. Subliminal messaging. Yeah, we really are. I mean, it, you know, if we start talking about PR, and in a lot of respects, social media uses a lot of PR strategies, whether we realize it or not, um, you know, one of the things that, PR professionals have been concerned about mm-hmm. for well over 100 years now is uh, the ethical duty that they have because they know that they can manipulate people's thoughts and feelings. Well, we're seeing people that are very good about doing that on social media. Uh, as a matter of fact, I read a book recently, and, and uh, some of the listeners would probably enjoy it a lot. It's, it's called um, Trust Me, I'm Lying. Confessions of a Media Manipulator by a gentleman by the name of Brian Holiday. And uh, he talks about how they specifically will inflame a story, uh, uh, put edgy posts out on a story, do some things like that to manipulate the people responding to that story hmm. so they get them to respond the way they want them to. There was one, uh, there was something on Facebook today that. I just couldn't believe people were so stupid to believing it. Here you've got the, the um, it's, it's all about the voting fraud in one of the states. And they've got this footage, and in the corner is the Russian flag. It had nothing to do with U.S. elections. It was, it was voter fraud in the, in the Russian elections. And yet people were just getting inflamed. How can this happen in the United States? And yet there's a Russian flag right there. Well, you did something that most people don't do, and that is as you looked at it critically and you analyzed it, and you asked yourself a few questions. Sure. And unfortunately, we sometimes too easily fall prey to the information that's there, and I have been guilty of that, and I'm an expert. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't take the time to do those things. Uh, obviously, there are sites that you could go to, Scopes is one of them, um, where you could check the validity of some of these posts uh, to find out if they're really true or they're not true. Some of these things are just pure outright fiction, yeah. but they sure weave a good story. And, and it's funny because I was, I, uh, you know, like I, I'm looking at it, I'm saying, that's a Russian flag, and then I look at the comments the number of shares were astronomical. Like I'm saying, my yep. gosh. And in fact, I did an op-ed the, uh, the other day about the power of the media. It's no longer we the people, it's we the media. And social media fits right into that, into that category because it's based, on a, it's based on money. If it don't bleed, it don't lead. You want the numbers. And if it, 
Yep, if it doesn't get likes, it, it's not going to stick around very long. Exactly. If it gets a lot of likes, it's going to go viral and be shared uh, tremendously. So what does this do for someone who wants to to put the real news out there? And they know that they're going against sensationalism. Isn't this counterproductive? Well, what you're seeing is you're starting to see newsrooms clear out. Yeah. Uh, and, and they want to use citizen journalists. As a matter of fact, Fox News specifically has said, um, we're looking to replace a number of our newsrooms. They've partnered with, uh, with some people. And uh, uh, it's called Fresno, as a matter of fact. And uh, you could sign up as a citizen for Fresno. And every time a video gets shared, you get $75. And a photo gets shared, you get $30. Hmm. So, you know, they, they, the big news media, Fox in this case, excuse me, is now pushing that out to citizens and incentivizing them to share the information. Now, is there any fact-checking that goes on? Uh, are there ethics that are in place? We know the answer to that. There, there just simply isn't. Yeah. So what, 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 what's happening to credible journalism? Is it a thing of the past? Like, like there's no more well, Walter Cronkites, there's no more Dan Reasoners, that we're all now looking at CNN and all the wing nuts they have there and the other alphabet soup media that's out there? Well, you know, Fox News is one of these major networks, and the mm -hmm. fact that they are trying to replace journalists in newsrooms, and I mean completely replace, uh -huh. not just, uh, you know, maybe we'll downsize a little bit. I'm talking about an outright, let's take them all out and put sure. citizen journalism in place, and that's what we're going to rely on. Um, listen, serious journalists... Uh, spend a lot of time and spend a lot of money, That's get a right. lot of education yeah. to be able to do their job properly. Mm -hmm. And uh, they feel a certain responsibility to report things accurately. Uh, if I'm about the next $75 that I'm going to get, uh, I'm really not concerned about that. I'm concerned about the next $75 payment. Yeah, it's like the World Weekly News is going to be replacing all of the, um, all of the, all of the newsrooms. And like you were saying, the journalist, the true journalist, takes pride in his job or her job. She's gone to uh, broadcast school. They've gone to journalism school. They've paid their dues just to be ousted by anybody with, a, with an iPhone. That is so insulting and so demeaning and so wrong in so many ways. Yeah, because of the economics of it, that's exactly what's happening. And uh, we, the people, yeah. uh, guess what? We're supporting that because we're supporting it with our dollars. We're showing where we vote based on where our eyes and where our attention is. And uh, when you consider that the average person that consumes social media is on social media more than two hours a day. Wow. Um, it tells you where their eyes are. I would imagine that social media, as well as other aspects of the uh, technological world, is an addictive, is an addiction. Well, they found out that's the case, too. As a matter of fact, they found, I did a story on this a few years ago, they actually found true psychological effects, mm -hmm. full withdrawal effects, if you take it away, that are stronger than cocaine. Wow. So is it an addiction? It absolutely positively is. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there are actually social media uh, treatment centers popping up around the world now, <laughs> especially in the countries that are consuming it in a major way. And I would imagine the United States is one of them. United States is one of them, but we're not the leading one. Uh, if you talk about Korea and Japan, they are uh, they're far bigger consumers than we are. Really? And that's where you're seeing most of the uh, the treatment centers pop up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and it's exactly like the AA treatment program. Except it's WWW treatment. Um, <laughs> it's WWW treatment. <laughs> the, um, I, I was just thinking about what you said with the, the major Fox, you know, going to citizen journal, uh, journal citizens. What about all these... What about all these journalism schools? What about all these broadcast schools? Like here in Hamilton, we've got Mohawk College, great place for broadcasting. 
Niagara College Broadcasting. Um, you know, and then you can George Brown University Broadcasting, Sheridan College Broadcasting. What's going to happen to these, these, these universities, these schools of greater learning, where people used to be proud to say that they graduated from Niagara College and Broadcasting or Mohawk College and Broadcasting, and now... You know, little Susie Q, who's 15 years of age, she has a cell phone, she goes out, she scoops a story, and she's taking over a seasoned broadcaster or journalist. I find that so degrading. It is. But, uh, you know, maybe the other shift that's occurring, every college that you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, has recognized the shift that's occurring, and you'll notice now they are offering degrees in social media, social media journalism digital journalism. So it's starting to shift, not only from the, the Facebook and, and Twitter yep. parts of the world, but also into uh, podcasting, which is now becoming huge. Uh, everybody has a microphone, you've got your own show, and yeah. you could pick up a big audience in a relatively short period of time. But you see, I'm from the old school. I started this show 25 years ago in a real radio studio. You know, and I still yep. do my shows in real radio studios. And when I hear these people who come on, they have a, um, uh, a computer at home, and they connect with Skype, and they've got a few podcasts, and they're a radio station, I figure, you moron. What the hell are you talking about? You have no idea. You can say whatever you want because there's no rules, regulations. You're not governed by the FCC or the CRTC. You have free range to do whatever you want. And I think that there has to be some rule and regulations when it comes out to podcasting or broadcasting online. Because why should the main, uh, why should people who have legitimate radio stations, networks, who have to comply with FCC or CRTC rules and regulations, you know, have to follow these rules where anybody with a, a computer, a microphone, and the ability to Skype doesn't have to. To me, that makes no sense. Well, and you're starting to see some of those shows literally get millions, tens of millions mm-hmm. in some cases, of listeners a week. There are some radio stations that, that don't get that. Now, you know, we've got the same shift that's occurring. You know, it used to be that we had in the U.S. three networks. Yep. Now how many exist? Tons. Hey, listen, you and I have got to take our, our uh, final break here. Please stand by. Great talking to you, Niall. Exxon Nation. Niall Nicholas, our special guest, balanceengines.com. That's www.balanceengines.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon. A real radio station from a real, I am a real radio show from a real radio station in real Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Whatever you do, don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. 
Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Niall Nicholas, our guest, balanceengines.com. Uh, Niall, what do you think the next evolution in social media is going to be? You know, we're, we're getting to the point in time where we're starting to see virtual reality raise its head. And I think we're probably going to start to see, within the next few years, uh, we'll probably see some elements of it next year, uh, integration of social media and virtual reality. Uh, and, and that might sound a little bit bizarre, but we're getting some very sophisticated 360-degree cameras that people could use now. Mm-hmm. Uh, becoming very affordable and very small. By the time you do that and you put a virtual reality headset with it, I mean, you could literally put people in the middle of a story. What about the copyright regulations that are being violated by a lot of these people who put on uh, social, you know, videos and audios on the social media sites? How does an author protect himself from being violated by having his material stolen without getting the proper credit or the proper licensing fees? Well, you know, that's that's a big challenge today. Um, I'd like to I'd like to give you hope and say that there's things. I mean, I could talk about YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube had such uh, a problem with uh, audio being put onto a video site, you know, where people could listen to music or yep. whatever. They actually started licensing licensing it, paying the royalties, and uh, and putting advertising in it so that they could recover that money. Uh, so, in other words, they determined that they couldn't fight it anymore, uh, but they did put a policy in place to at least address it with royalties. But it's becoming so pervasive now, if you create a new piece of content, and I do this digitally, mm-hmm. uh, I find that it's not uncommon if I create a new protected piece of digital content behind a membership wall or something like that, somewhere in the world, it generally is copied and put up for sale in less than a day. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, uh, you know, most of us don't have the ability. In fact, even some of the big publishers don't have the ability to deal with worldwide, worldwide copyright violations. And then you've got a number of countries like China that don't respect that anyway. So, you know, we're almost in the age of... Uh, of if you put it up on the internet, uh, know that a lot of people may respect it, may pay for it, may do what they need to do, but you're going to have also a number of people that are going to uh, pilfer it from you. It's going to happen if you put it out there. In fact, even if you don't put it on the internet, somebody else will. Yeah. You know, it's it's just like the software companies that used to sell software, uh, you'd go into your local store, you'd buy a software package, and away you went. But now, if you want to buy good software, you have to buy it from them on the cloud so they can actually monitor your software That's package. That's it. They, yeah. You know, uh, Microsoft's probably the biggest, mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing their best to eliminate any digital or, or physical media, yeah. and they only want to be able to make it available and produce it in the cloud. If it's not in the cloud, you don't get it. Uh, so, you know, we're going to certainly see a move that direction, uh, and that is uh, sort of the cat and mouse. It's the next step to take it out of people's hands, but I'm not sure it'll stay that way for too long. Digital uh, digital pirating is a big concern these days, uh, not only in the music industry, the video industry, but in the publishing industry as well. I remember a time where you could actually protect it. Whoops, are you there, Niall? I think we lost our guest. Uh oh. Craig, what happened? Did we lose our guest? Can you try and get him back for me, please? All right, Craig's going to try and get our guest back. 
Okay, here we go. Da 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 da. So you start talking about the internet and people cut you off. No, no. his phone number is busy. I guess that uh, he got another call. Anyway, explanation. What do you think? Is there too much leeway on the internet? I think there is. I think that people who use the internet should adhere to the same policies and procedures that legitimate organizations do, like broadcasting, who have to comply with FCC regulations in the States, CRTC regulations up here in Canada, and other regulatory bodies in other parts of the world. Why should authors, why should composers, why should people who dedicate so much of their lives be ripped off because it's on the internet? Theft is theft. If you steal it, you're a thief. If you don't pay for it and use it, you're a thief. It's that plain. It's that simple. And yet you have people who enjoy going on the internet and doing whatever they can to to kind of take what they can without paying anything. What's your what do you feel about that explanation? Does that make any sense to you? Craig, did you want me to try and call our guest one more time? All right, Craig, can you do that for me over there, buddy? All right, so Craig is going to try and do this, and let me see. So far, so good. So far, oh, nope. Craig, we're trying, uh, but we get, uh, hmm, let me try one more time. Don't you, this is real radio, guys, where things happen. Mm, nope. All right, Craig, I guess we're just going to have to uh, hitchhike it from here. Let me tell you about our guest. Uh, we've had the pleasure of having Niall Nickel on the show before. And he's been seen on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, and CNN. He's a humans, human relations and technology expert. And uh, like we were saying, millions of videos are uploaded onto the Internet every day, whether it be through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Vimo, etc. Some of the videos are innocent and funny, while others actually capture a crime taking place. Uh, there we go again. Craig, why do... Who's... who's Craig, who's doing this, and why are they doing this? There's even a better question. Um, tell me what you think, Exonation. Send me your emails. What do you think about the social media? Should it be governed? I'm, you know, a lot of you say, oh, no, 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 don't get the government involved. But let's say you're one of the composers. You're one of the authors. Your material is being ripped off. That is your bread and butter. Isn't it a crime? Or are you that complicit because you figure, hey, what the heck, I've done it myself, no harm done. You know, I, I like that song, I just ripped it off. Or, geez, yeah, I, I, I was able to get a copy of this book online, but no, I didn't, I didn't pay for it. My friend got it and he passed it along to me. I don't think that's right at all. I think that if you're going to be ripping people off on the internet, you're ripping them off in other places as well. And when it comes to the regulatory systems of audio and video on the internet, I'm, I'm for it 100%. After all, legitimate radio stations, legitimate television stations, they have rules and regulations to follow. What makes you people who do internet broadcasting or podcasting so different. You should follow rules and regulations. The internet needs to be cleaned up. There's way too much crap in it. And as I've said many times before, in my opinion, the internet is the biggest septic tank that man has ever created. There's more crap in the internet than anywhere else on earth. There's more thieves on the internet than anywhere else on the earth. Look at all the bullying that happens on the internet. People, like Niall said, are, you know, they're talking to a keyboard. They don't get to see what happens on the other side when that bullied message gets to that little girl or little guy and the effect that it has on his or her life. No moral judgments. No moral responsibility. Then, like we were talking, the, the recruiting that is going on by ISIS. Then, like Niall was talking about, the scientific experiment that Facebook did, 
to prove that they could actually manipulate people using the Facebook news feed. That is so wrong. What was it? Months ago, I wrote an article about subliminal advertising on the Internet. It's happening, folks. It's happening. You know, you you spend more time on the Internet or your iPhone than you do talking to people. There are families that instead of calling each other for supper, they text each other. What has happened to society? We're going into a whole new age of LOL, LMFAO, BRB, LOL, and the other alphabet soup that you use in the internet and social media. What's going to happen to communication skills? Talking, listening, exploring the, the wonders of the world. Does anybody think of that? I think not. I'll be back tomorrow night as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. And uh, for our guest this hour, Niall Nickel, I'm sure there was an internet problem because I've had the pleasure of having him on the show before. And I promise you, X-Zone Nation, we will have Niall back in the future. If you'd like more information on Niall, his website is balanceenergies.com. That's www.balanceenergies.com. I am Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, as I say at this time of night, every night, if you can help someone else to make a positive difference in their life, do it. Whether it's smiling, opening up a door, digging deep into your pocket, sharing a can of food, whatever it is, remember, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. (music) 